0: Ooh, what's shaking my marketing people. I'm excited to bring you this episode today. I'm sitting with Steven Lee. He is the CEO, co-founder at Gooder Sunglasses. We get into a deep conversation about building a transparent company, how that can help you actually grow as a brand, and also how to leverage systems to do all of this. So I love this conversation. If you are at day one of starting a company, day 1000, or maybe you're 10 years in, I think this is going to have value for you. So be sure to stick around. But before we get into that, As always, the show is brought to you by us here at Cave Social. We're a marketing agency that helps companies grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck on social media, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to help you out with any of your campaigns. All right, sit back. Let's get into this episode. Um, mm, mm, What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today I am happy to welcome Steven Lees to the show. He is the founder of Gooder sunglasses, which I own a pair of. Actually I've a couple of pairs. I love the company and I'm happy to have you here. Steven, how you doing? Oh, great, Jordan. Thanks for having me. So before we get into, you know, where you're at now building Gooder, I wanna rewind the tape a little bit and I want you to walk me through what brought you to starting Gooder.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, we started Gooder in 2015, and so we're six years later, we're 80 people. And as everybody's like, Oh, a Gooder's an overnight success. And everybody, and in a way, it's a fairy tale, except for Gooder's the fifth company I've either started or been a part of starting. And every other one was a failure. And, you know, like a failure in the sense that I didn't sell them for profit, but I learned. And so just, I grew up in Colorado, very like lower middle class family. My dad always had a side job. He had to start his own landscape company. And so for sure grew up in, That world and then uh, started companies early. I just kind of liked doing it. And in 2008, one of the first ones I started, it was a water treatment company. It's so boring. I don't even want to talk about it, but the economy crashed and people weren't buying these really expensive systems anymore. And I was kind of burned out and I actually wanted to go back and like, I wanted to work for a real brand. And so I left that world, went and worked for Easton Sports. It's a giant baseball and hockey company and had some amazing mentors there and then got back into the space. I uh, went to this thing called the Do Lectures, which is kind of like hippie TED Talks on a wine vineyard and produced that and heard these entrepreneurs tell these stories and been like, that's what I want to do. And so left Easton and started doing uh, marketing consulting to pay the bills and then started companies. And Gooder was a hit. And it was a hit because I learned a lot from the previous experience and I had two amazing co-founders that we pushed each other the whole way
0: awesome I love to hear like how you know those past experiences when you're in them you might not think that they're teaching you those valuable lessons but now they're really setting forward and now you can kind of see the speed bumps before you get to them and you'd be like okay we need to I, I've seen this before like a distribution maybe problem comes up and it's like or a QA issue and you're like okay we have these checks and balances in place now, right? Where you might've taken those lumps early on.
1: Oh, for sure. And then also I th- believe, you know, once you kind of fail at a company, it gets easier to fail at another one. And then that means it gets easier to start one. And so that's also just a reality too that has that really, really uh, served me. And, and I encourage... Anybody to start a side hustle because it's probably not going to work out the first time. And that's okay.
0: The word that comes to mind there is for me, like callous. Yeah. Like you have to kind of get that entrepreneurial callous to be like, okay, if this fails, it's okay, but I'm going to go for it instead of sitting there trying to chase perfection instead of progress and never starting and writing another business plan and like uh, never going down and actually like filing the incorporation papers you know what i mean <laughs> uh, no uh, jordan i agree completely and, and also
1: for me it teaches taught me to enjoy the work over the result uh, you know mm-hmm. now that gooder is a success so air quotes for everybody's listening but now that gooder is a success people are like oh well what do you want to do what's your exit plan and my first response is well gooder was never built to sell I, like it was we started because we thought running was fun and we wanted to have fun gear and sunglasses and and so this entire time just really liked the game that was starting a company. And that makes it easy to start the company because you're celebrating the, the practice and the journey over this destination.
0: Yeah. We had one of the early guests on the the show and he said, the journey is the reward. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, that's always in my head now. And I believe it now. I want to get into this journey a little bit because, you know, zero to eighty people, right? That is when you get to eighty, I think it's Ray Dalio in his book Principles, he said at 72 people he no longer could know the name of everybody. And he really had a hard time now and he had to evolve as a manager. So I want to ask you kind of how that's been for you evolving, you know, evolving the company and growing, but really evolving as a leader and how you manage. Yeah, how do you manage 80 people underneath the brand?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I do know everybody's name, so uh, uh, <laughs> that's uh, good. It, but you know, from the beginning, one of the rewards for me uh, having a successful company is doing a bunch of culture stuff that I've always wanted to do and put put those practices in place. And so we've had a lot of systems in place from the beginning, from a weekly staff meeting every Tuesday that. Everybody participates in. We've evolved it over the years, but everybody is on there with a photograph of them and their name. And so this is also a thing in a growing company. You, you think about that. You're like, well, of course you know everybody's name because in the weekly staff meeting, it's ran through. At some point, we will be too big for that, but we're not now. Also, we do quarterly reviews. So in 2017, we, you know, the, the first couple of years, it was just the three of us doing it, not paying ourselves. And then 2017, took off. We had about seven people and we realized that we needed to do things like have performance reviews and how do you give people raises and started a quarterly review system really based off of Daniel Pink's book Drive. And I still sit in on everyone's quarterly review. It's coming up in a couple of weeks and I give everybody the company feedback. At some point, we'll get too big for that. But so, you know, from the beginning, we created these systems, have these connection points, and I'm able to see problems way in advance because of where I am in the business. But I am now for sure at that moment that I'm pulling myself out of the business. So I'm pulling myself from working in the business to working on the business.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too, right? Like something you said there, where you started, it was only three of you, and then you got to seven, and then it was like, oh, we need to like be at the office at a certain time, like all of those things that start to go through your mind, right? When yeah. you start to like hire people, and it's like, oh, okay, right, we have to be professional now, and to some extent, whatever that means, things like having quarterly reviews. Something that I think is important to talk about is, and for listeners who are hearing this and thinking, and they see a big company and they see the systems, and maybe they don't have that yet. Systems evolve right? And your system, it's just, I always think it's like to start the system and then improve the system. I'm assuming today, the systems you have in place are probably better than what you had in 2017, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, shitty first draft. Get your shitty first draft out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of our core mottos is also done is better than perfect. And uh, Jordan. Everything evolves from AMP our quarterly review system. It is night and day difference now from when it was. Even how we approach, you know, the environment and and you know we're in one percent for the planet. And th- we had this moment there where we're like, well, you know, how do we be impactful? What do we do? And and it's easy to not do anything and be. Paralyzed by it, and so we just joined One Percent for the Planet, and started kind of like working on things. And now, like, we don't use any single-use plastics, and we're carbon neutral. And that took us years to evolve there. But I've talked to a lot of companies in that space that don't know what to do. And my advice is always just start, create systems, start asking questions. Like, you can figure anything out.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, the idea. We say the same thing here. Like, progress is better than perfect. Seth Godin's is always like, ship it. You have to ship. What you create, right? And it's so pivotal. I do want to jump in and talk a little bit because we talked a little bit off air about this. But you have an interesting thing when it comes to transparency, and that really permeates down through your team. So, yeah. walk me through, I guess, what that looks like when it, when people say, "Hey, we're transparent." Like, walk me through. Okay, what does that mean? You're transparent when you talk with your team, and then how do you think that affects, you know, just the, the brand? I know it's vague, but the brand overall.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, we're transparent in so many ways. I, our weekly staff meeting, we report real time numbers. So everybody who is control of a revenue channel. So there's no, we don't hide behind. Uh, we report the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we're always on the same page. And so, for example, when COVID hit, we we own the company, so we don't have deep VC backing, and it was crazy. Our sales went to zero overnight. We were not to absorb like not to make money and basically I sat in a room for a week and worked with. Um, our had a finance created a plan and got in front of the company and was like hey I'm going to be very transparent here's where we thought we were going to be here's where we are here's our cash in the bank this is what's going on here's the focus everybody needs to get out of this and then also being like hey it's okay not to be okay that's also a thing we use a lot it's like it's okay not to be okay and gave people permission to kind of freak out but then was very clear like hey we have nine contingency plans and and at this point we're gonna to have to start laying people off, and and was not do not sugarcoat that, and it's a cringeworthy thing to say, but it's better saying that, knowing like, hey, we're all fine now. At this point, we're not, and that is okay. And that transparency breeds trust, and then that snowballs into a freight train that leads to us being, you know, um, way way better um, as a team, connected, more financially stable than we were a year ago when the pandemic hit. And so it's not a coincidence that. When you lead with transparency, you get really good people who work really hard with each other.
0: Yeah. You know, it's that whole like, I don't want to say it as a platitude, but like those tough times really do make you stronger. Harvard Business Review put out a study and it said they, they interviewed people on, who had successful careers and they said, What do you remember most? And it's they remember most, not the huge wins, but the battling back from the huge like blows. And those are the most favorable memories, which kind of comes back to this original point of like the journey is really that the the reward right when you're working and and your team sits there and you're able to be transparent and say hey look Everybody, it's also it's funny. Like it builds trust, but it's also respect to your employees because they're not dumb. They understand COVID hit and they're like, "Okay, what does this mean for my job and what does this mean for the business?" Right? Yeah. And coming in and acting like everything's all hunky dory when it isn't isn't helping anybody, right?
1: For sure. And if I'm lying, then that sets the example that other people are lying or not even lying if I'm not telling the full truth. And I think another thing transparency does is when you allow people to say, "I don't know" or "I need help," then you can rely on others to solve problems, right? I mean, Jordan, we're a fast growing company and the amount of things that have shown up that we had no clue how to solve would barely fit in the Grand Canyon. But if you create an environment like, I don't know how to do this, then instead of things getting hidden until it's too late, we can solve it together or find the right person to solve it. And so, right, like like this is, this all works with each other.
0: I love it. I love this idea right? of like being transparent, being willing to not know, but then go forward and say, we're going to build a system or we're going to investigate and we're going to figure out how to do this. And when we band together and really come together as a team, come through things like COVID, like you said, then you become like the momentum on the other side of that becomes something like, oh, if we went through that. Yeah. What can't we do? Like if we lose an account or something or a retailer or whatever, like, ah, that's nothing now. Like we're good. Like we'll keep this trains moving. You know what I mean? For sure. I love that. I love how that can permeate all the way down through a company, right? And people can really start to be proud of where they work too. When they feel like they can see behind what's taking place with that transparency.
1: Yeah. And and another, you know, kind of like... Transparency slash system thing that we do is we're really diligent about feedback, and I don't want people to talk uh, when you we talk about system thinking. I think a lot of people think about like oh numbers and you know it's more mechanical. But we have twelve different teams. I have a one on one with each team leader once a month and it's mandatory we each give each other the three types of feedback appreciation coaching evaluation and we do that every month it doesn't matter and so we have now bred into our culture it's okay to have difficult conversations or to tell people like they're not doing great and also to give them gratitude and so that's a system that we built in that also is breeds transparency and trust and well, and it's a way softer way than a lot of people are used to, but it is also a system that uh, we can't skate.
0: Yeah, and it's a system that stops things from boiling over. Yeah. Because if you're continually letting the hot air out or letting the, then it, it's it stops that idea of like explosions in the office, um, you know, where people, somebody freaks out and it's like, oh, that could have been addressed through some candid conversation six months ago. Yeah. and And that's something for anyone listening get used to having like built-in systems to have those tough conversations. Because if you think everyone's just flying with you and everything's good in your company, like (laughs) you got to take the blinders off, you know? Oh, Um, for sure. You got to hear from those people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I keep open office hours pretty much every week that uh, I'm in the office and it's 10 minute slots. Anybody in the company can sign up for it and I encourage feedback or clarity on anything. So I invite it from the team and it's really interesting to see what shows up and then the other thing just to draft off what you said jordan is we don't allow gossip at gooder it's actually not allowed so you never talk about people you talk to people and so we always get caught up in it and so there's always this thing of like oh oh jordan it sounds like yeah it sounds like you need to have a conversation with that person and it's a hard practice but we've been doing it since the beginning and so we are trying to break that mold. And it's it's hard. It's hard. And we all slip back into bad habits at times.
0: Yeah. But it's good to have that guiding North Star, right? Because you have a transparent company where things are faced head on and you avoid... This way, you avoid communication silos. You avoid companies turning into an adult version of high school with yeah. clicks, which is anyone who's worked at a big company has seen that happen. So, that stuff, I think laying that groundwork, being willing to evolve on systems, being transparent, I think all of these things is like, or all of these things are really great bedrock to really build the company on. So, I I love to hear it. Now, for people who want to learn more about Gooder or connect with you online, where should they head?
1: Well, gooder.com is our website, and it's amazing. Um, We put a lot of pride and energy um, into our brand. So check it out. It's just super fun. Also, so that's gooder.com, at gooder on Instagram. Also, we have our own culture podcast. So it's called at culture gooder. It's a at culture gooder on Instagram or culture gooder, uh, wherever your podcast. And we kind of like look behind the shades at gooder of how we do things, how we onboard people. And so we're in, we're recording our third season now. So yeah, any of those areas, it would be the best to either
0: buy sunglasses or learn about the brand. And uh, I'm at Stephen Lease on Instagram. I love it. And we'll put links to all of those in the show notes. Uh, Make sure to go check out their podcast. Uh, Buy yourself a pair of Gooder Sunglasses. I can personally, personally say they are fantastic, especially if you are running and want to use them. And then, yeah, be sure to check out and follow Steven online as well. Thanks so much for coming on today, man. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, Jordan, thanks for doing what you're doing.
0: All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. (laughs)